Hi guys, and welcome back to Motor Up Sports. Jad, welcome back. Thanks, Kenny. I'm ready to be on again. This is going to be a great episode. We are one day away from draft night, so we really want to hammer that away today. This is huge. I mean, this is the biggest draft of our lives. Easily. Um, and this is the first draft where I'm not going in expecting us to screw up. This is the first draft I'm going into comfortable with what this regime wants. Do you want to hear my biggest nightmare case scenario? Let's hear it. This would be the biggest nightmare for the Detroit Lions if they stick at six. Here it is. Bryce Young goes one. Kyrie goes two. Will Anderson goes three. Stroud goes four. And your fifth pick will be Jalen Carter. That's a nightmare situation. Nightmare. Right up for Detroit, right? So it happens. I'm not feeling too good. I mean, think about it this way. It's not the worst case scenario. You trade down. It becomes a simpler issue for you. You have a lot of teams. Like, we're not talking about Levis going off the board in this scenario. We're talking there's still a quarterback on the board. There's still multiple of the top corners on the board. A team will want straight up to six. I'm not that worried in that situation. I saw that on Twitter earlier this morning. I just don't – I don't buy into the worry there because we still have our options. We can trade down to 10, trade down to 12. That's a lot better place to grab one of these top corners because I still feel cornerbacks are reach at six. Okay, so I have a question for you. I'm going to pull up the draft order right now while we're speaking. And I'm curious. I, I'm going to name some teams. If there's Levis and Richardson still at the board on six, here's some trade-down options. You want to hear it? Yeah. Tennessee is an easy one. You move down to 11. Devin Witherspoon's likely, I would think, still there. Absolutely. Either him or Gonzalez is still there at 11. So at 11 – that's a very realistic option for a quarterback. I think another one, 15, you can move down to with the Jets. I'm curious if but, you maybe want to move up and get their replacement for Rodgers when he's done. Yeah, I, I don't know if that would be a thing they'd be. I think the more likely scenario Washington. Is, somebody's, is somebody's trading up for either an offensive tackle, like one of the top tackles in the draft, or – even another defensive player. I just I just can't see somebody giving up a lot of money for someone like Richardson. Levis, maybe. Someone buys into the hype, but I think it's around there where that kind of ends because I there's going to be a few options, but we'll see when it comes draft night. Well, you want to hear my dream? Yeah. Smokescreen the living daylights out of Vegas who's sitting right behind us to the point where we haven't fully convinced we're going Levis or Stroud. Because... I, my guess is one of the two will probably be there at six. Is I think so. Yes. But the way the rumors are going, it seems like right now the direction is Tyree's going to, which is the newest thing. I, I'm not buying this Levis number two hype. I can't believe that's even coming out now, but. They are the Texans. That's a good point, but I still can't see it. I, I'll be shocked on draft night if Will Levis goes to. Okay, so I want to hear this. What are your top five guys you want to go with at number six? I'll leave this one off. My number one dream option is Will Anderson lands in your lap. Number two is Tyree. Okay. But I this hype is crazy, and I don't think he's going to slip to six at this point. Yeah. Earlier in the month, I would have said Tyree 100% will be there at six. Now yeah, we're getting closer, closer to the draft night. It seems like teams have him higher on their boards than Will Anderson because of the ceiling. Yeah. Which is interesting to me. 
Tyree's my number two option. Witherspoon's three. My number four, you guys might argue, you're going to argue the daylights out of this one, but mine would be a top O-lineman, anyone. Whatever O-lineman you love should be your number four option. And whether it's Peter Skronsky, whether that's the kid from Ohio State, if there's a tackle there or a guard that you really liked at four and this fan base would explode, I know they will. But I wouldn't mind that. And then obviously my number five guy is Christian Gonzalez. And then six, I'm sitting at Jalen Carter. But if you go Jalen Carter, you better know every little thing about the kid. I, I would love him here. Don't get me wrong. I have him down on my big board because I feel like he's going to still be there in the mid-first round. Unless the Eagles go up and grab him, if the Eagles pass up on him, he's going to keep slipping. I don't buy into the slipping idea. I don't, again, we talked about this last time around, but I can't see him going past five. I know you can't, but dude, it's just, it just feels like it's just shaping up for this kid to slip. And he's such an animal. But I was all, you know, we've watched all these episodes. I've been on the Jalen Carter train till the JMO situation. And yeah, some of you guys are going to argue like, well, Jamal should not be indicative of the pick of Jalen Carter. That shouldn't change your mind. But for me, I don't want my back-to-back first-round picks being an issue, being in trouble all the time. Yep. So that Jamal situation it, scares me a little bit about it, it, Carter. It does, but I think these issues are very different. And realistically, this is a one-time worry for Jamal. We're not going to deal with another something like this again. Oh, right. It's a wake-up call for him. He's going to get his shit together. I still think if Jalen Carter's somehow there at six, the talent he brings to your team, the instant, instant what we need, we haven't – think about our front seven. If we get either Will Anderson or Jalen Carter, that's instantly one of the top front sevens in all of the NFL. And, again, I brought this up a couple of weeks ago. What led that Detroit Lions 2014 squad, the first team that competed to win a playoff game in a long time? Sue Ansa fairly, all those dudes. That pass rush. You could rush four in that era and still get good pressure on the quarterback. Took a lot of pressure off our DBs, and we have a young DB group this year, young linebacker group. I hope we bolster a little bit, but having that strong pass rush, guys that can make an instant impact, getting pressure on the quarterback, stopping the run. That's going to be so huge for us. And I think we can kind of deal with a couple character concerns to have that. I think this division's ours to lose, especially yeah. after the second or third day in the draft. I think we're going to be really cocky, I feel like, again. I feel like right now we, we, we're we still punched in the gut about j yeah. And a lot of fans are a little punched in the gut right now, as they should be. Because Here's I- what I'll say, though. I, after day one, I'm hoping we don't have a bunch of Lions fans crying and bickering on online because Brad Holmes didn't go the direction they thought. I urge every Lions fan to wait, hold their reactions till the end of the draft, end of round seven, because the Brad Holmes draft strategy is the full seven-round draft strategy. You know, we're going to get great players in the later rounds. We're going to have guys that are going to make an impact that he finds in those mid to late rounds. And, we're going to fill a lot of team needs in those too. So if we don't go to the position some some fans want early on, I beg people not to panic. There's a plan in place. You know what I want them to grab? I think you're going to wholeheartedly agree with this. Sixth round, maybe you trade some future sixth and sevenths to get an extra seventh this year. 
you need a kicker. Badgley isn't the guy who's going to get it done. And you it was, go Moody? Yes. Jake Moody. Or the Ohio Moody. State kid. You or, go with the kicker. Or the Maryland um, – Chad Ryder from Maryland. I'm pretty sure he's in the draft. He's also a – You need a kicker. Option. Yeah. Well, no, I, I stress, I've been stressing this for months on here, and it's the whole thing of, like, knockdown kickers when you Super Bowls, not having a kicker gets you bounced in the first round. And I'm not saying, like, <laughs> Badgley's the type of guy that – will kick you out of the first round, but he's not the type of guy that I'm comfortable with no. kick in a playoff game. I, don't, I mean, I don't we know. went for a lot of fourth downs because of our kicking situation over the past year. Like, since Prater left, that's been up in the air, and it's one of those positions you're not paying much money into it, and it's so important to have a reliable solution there. And honestly, I'd be fine with up to a fifth-round pick going to kicker. Like, oh, okay. Now you're stretching. Now you're stretching, Jad. I I knew that. I knew that would get you, but that's just try, I'm trying to say how important it is we fill this need and not have that be a worry because where we're at of the franchise now, we're competing. We're in win now mode. We're no longer just trying to coast around the middle of the pack, hoping not to get last place. We're in win now mode. We have enough. We did enough for ourselves in free agency in the past year. I think we can take some luxury picks and. Get what we need now. Fifth round is a stretch. I agree, but I would not be too mad if end the fifth round, Brad Holmes goes and gets Jake Moody. Chad, I love you. I hate that take. I'm sorry. <laughs> I love you, man. If I told you, if I told you sixth round, if I told you sixth round, would you be okay with that? Yeah, I'm cool. Not, so that one round's a. Is that big of a difference for you? Yes, because you need depth at linebacker, and you need a tight end, and you need other roles and, you know, other positions filled with depth. Keep in mind, right now the issue with the Lions is they have depth problems everywhere, right? Like, mm-hmm. for example, if a guy like Anzalone goes down, well, you no. have to slide Jalen Reeves maybe or the other bum, what's his name, Barnes in. Like, you're screwed. You, you don't have a guy who can play pass coverage. You don't have a guy who can play yeah. against the run at well, linebacker. You're definitely right. You need to grab some linebackers. You need some depth there. And then on top of that, I feel like we're a little paper thin at edge rusher. I feel like you have James Houston, you have Aiden Hutchinson, but adding another guy on the edge, whether that's a fifth round pick, whether that's Tyree Wilson, I think you need some depth on the outside of the D line. And then even on top of that, you're kind of thin because you traded Okuda away at corner. You're not like paper thin, but if a guy like Cam Sutton goes down, then you're playing Will Harris again this year. And honestly, Will Harris showed me zero last year of anything. I mean, he showed me that he's the best at getting burned in coverage. Yep. That DB room needs to come into its own. But last thing I will say in the whole kicker thing, I will tell you, don't be surprised when Jake Moody or another one of those top tier kickers goes in the fifth round. Not saying to the Lions, but I could easily see one of those kickers going in the fifth round and kind of causing a spiral effect where kicker needy teams are going to start to panic and move the kicker up their big board. But I would not be shocked at all if the kicker went in the fifth round this year. Me neither. I mean, we see it every year. Somebody reaches at the end of the fifth round. I just always feel like if you're drafting a kicker in the fifth, you're reaching. I I get that. But again, if your guy's on the board, it's your last chance to get them. You got to get your guy. So we've seen some rumors also about 18 getting moved potentially. Yep. He must like somebody in the mid-20s is my guess. I'm hoping, I'm hoping we get a DT 
at 18 or if, if we go with their spoon at six, you know what I mean? Who would you be your DTs you'd be targeting? Elijah. Elijah. From Pitt. I also like Bijan. I think we were talking about this in class the other day. Dave, I feel like he's the sixth best player in this draft. Bijan? Yeah. But because he's a running back, yeah, teams don't value him as high. Because it's so- just the running back career is so short and replaceable. And so I want to take your take on this, but our running back situation right now, you really think, like, I love Bijan Robinson. I would be fine picking him. But you really think Bijan comes in as one of those top two guys for us? Yes, because Swift is going to get moved on draft night. Ooh. That's my take. My take. That's my take of the draft. Ooh. Swift gets moved for a fourth or a fifth rounder. They you go, really go for that? They get a replacement for him. I, I feel like they don't even like Swift, the staff, because they oh, didn't no, the, he doesn't get touches. Like they didn't touches. The staff doesn't like him. I think they they're trying to get everybody from that Patricia era gone, I feel like. And the and the only guys that are left are actually worthy pieces like Taylor Decker and Frank Rack now. Outside of that, yeah, they brought back Jalen Reeves Maven. Big deal, right? They brought back Matt Marvin Jones. Everybody's like Marvin Jones. I mean, everywhere he goes, everybody likes Marvin Jones. So at the end of the day, I mean, it just feels like they've torn that entire regime down. They have. Him and Okuda were the only two, like, mad guys that were left from that regime. And they don't really like Swift. And, 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 and did you hear that um, Rich Eisen show with Dan Campbell? I did not. He was talking so highly about David Montgomery and how he's they wanted like- on his roster for years now, even when he was in New Orleans, once he kept trying to get David Montgomery, they love David Montgomery. So Swift's touches won't be there again this year. Meaning, if you can flip him for at least something, keep in mind deadline last year they're shopping him for a second or a third. He showed showed me nothing past that deadline that makes him a second or third round pick. Now, if you can get a fourth for him, I'll be very happy. You get a fifth for him, I'll be satisfied. Anything less than that, you need to keep him on the roster. Honestly. I would rather fill a hole somewhere else, give Swift another year. <sighs> He's shown – okay, so if Swift doesn't want to be here, I totally get that. Imagine you're you're a running back, they spend a second-round pick on, and you get a lot of touches, you're like the main back, but as soon as you get to the goal line, you're not going to get the glory of the touchdowns. Like, I don't see why he'd want to be here. He's being used more in a theoretic role now. I hate like, him. Why? Why? He doesn't know how to run up and down the football field. Yeah, he he'll try to do all that side, side shit. He tried to go rogue. I don't like yeah. it. I don't like but, the way he plays. I mean, yeah, when, when he does that and it works, it's beautiful. But most of the time, he's not taking blocks his us, blocks. Yeah. He's not taking his blocks. And he's trying to do his own thing. He kind of just plays stupid, in my opinion. He does. Not he's not the brightest player out there. and But like stupid you players. Know, which is why I like Javier Baez is another player I can't stand. Yeah. I just don't like stupid players. Like he doesn't play the game the right way. Player, but the way he plays is just not the way you're supposed to play running back. Honestly, let's just hype. They love Bijan Robinson to the rumor. They love him. Is the rumor. I, I don't know, but at 18, him. really? I love him too. But I if think- a top corner, one of the top few corners, is on the board, do you still go Bijan over a corner at 18? I think we're going to go Witherspoon at six if we're stuck there, which okay. means then in that position, you can either go DT, you can go tight end and go with a guy like Michael Mayer at that one. I mean, I've mentioned that a few times. I'm not 100% on that train. I'm starting to move off of it. 
I think you can find a solid tight end second or third. Yep. I agree with that. Um, you, you have options there. You, you can even, if there's an OT that slips down the 18 that wasn't supposed to be there, you know there's always a guy or two that supposed to be top 10 picks that are still sitting there in the late yep. teens. The mock drafts are great until it hits draft. Yeah. They're not that accurate. So some guys that I feel like would be good fits at 18, Bijan would be a good fit. Uh, but I feel like you can get him in the mid-20s if you were to move down. And they're interested in moving down. It seems that they want to trade down from that 18 spot. I want to hear the odds for the two picks we have. Who's the favorite? You know you know the for, one, that the, the props of 6 and 18? Yep, for 6 and 18, let's get drafting. The top here. three odds. And tell me what your pick would have been. The odds have been changing quite a bit since between – even the past week and now. So number six right now, the odds, Witherspoon, minus 130. And then the next closest, Jalen Carter at plus 380. I His odds went up too. Even the next 24 hours, those odds are going to change drastically. Mm-hmm. A lot of smoke screens right now. I feel like Will Levis is a smoke screen. Oh, yeah, no. he's. I don't think he's really the considerable. Will Levis should not even be a top 10 pick if we're being realistic. Dude, it's ridiculous. This is the same situation as Zach Wilson. I mean, I just see it. Everybody sees it. Like, yeah, no, we all know what Will Levis is going to do. And the NFL scouts, they do this every year. They figure out they, what did he like? What did he say in these interviews? Is my question. This is interesting here. The fan duel odds for our pick at six is a little different. We got Devin Witherspoon at plus 100 and Jalen Carter at plus 500. Everybody thinks the pick's Witherspoon. That, I mean, Vegas would not give that kind of odds for someone. Like, it, it looking like it's Witherspoon right now. I can't hate the pick. I can't. I'm not going to sit there and, like, go crazy and clap. I'm not going to clap for that, but. but I, I'm going to sit there and be like, well, okay. you know what? I'm satisfied. Content, very content with it. 18 now at 18, they get somebody I can clap for. I think if you go Witherspoon at six, though, the pressure's on for the rest of the draft. And, like. Like I said, I'll give him all seven rounds. But after taking corner at six, after how Okuda worked out at three, I I have my worries about a corner that early, just given how long that position takes to develop. Oh, I agree. So I want to move into something next right now, and that's some Pistons coaching search talk. I don't like it. It's kind of just like, ugh. The, the market was, like, okay for coaches. Now, my personal favorite is out of the race. The guy who I thought they sh- I was on the train of. If you've heard episodes, I was a big Kenny Atkinson guy. I think he's great for player development. And I think the Nets' incompetence is the only reason why he doesn't have a job right now. And KD riding him out because he wanted his boy Steve Nash. And then he got his boy Steve Nash and his boy Steve Nash sucked more. So... The incompetence of Brooklyn Road, Kenny Atkinson out, and the fact he still hasn't gotten a job since his beyond. So I'm I'm a little upset they didn't get asked. Now the three finalists are Kevin Ali, Charles Lee, and a New Orleans Pelicans assistant coach, Jerron Collins. I, I'm not going to come on here and talk about him. I don't know much about him. So I'm not going to come on here and just talk out my ass about him. But Kevin Ali would be horrible. Horrible. I'm sorry. But when you take over Jim Calhoun's program, which was a very easy takeover, 
And he ended up getting his ring with Kevin Ali with uh, a lot of Calhoun players. Then he started rolling in his classes and he never got them back to there again. And they canned him pretty quickly, I feel like. Like they kind of just knew he wasn't the guy. And then Dan Hurley comes in and turns that program around overnight. So Kevin Ali, I don't get that. I, mean, I don't know why yeah. he's running. It doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me. Charles Lee, that's a hot name right now. That's a name that I am all for. That was my backup guy for Kenny Atkinson. Anybody that comes from the Bucks should be good. Yep. And Anybody that comes from the Warriors should be good, which is why I like Kenny Atkinson so much. I think it's important that Lee is kind of what we need right now. And let's look at where we are as a franchise. Our core is young. We have a young core of players. Durin, Ivy, Cunningham. These are all guys that need a player's development coach. We need a guy that has a proven track record developing young players because we're going to have another high pick this year. And look at that. There's four guys right there. That's your core four for the next decade, it could be, if you get the right guy in that develops that talent Keeps them in Detroit. I trust Troy Weaver, what he's trying to do. We need to bring in the right guy to build up this talent, get this team to be competing again. Because you have these top, you've had top five picks for what? Or top 10 picks for what? Like the last seven years? What is, what's it been? It feels like. like it. it feels like forever we've been picking high in the draft. We got to bring in a guy that can develop these players. Maybe like, because we're not in win now mode. It's going to take a couple Not years. Even so I'm even fine with bringing in a coach to reflect that. A guy that's going to be here for two to three years, develop our, develop our players, then move on. So this is tough because you want to know what I think they should do offseason? What is that? Free agency classes are garbage. You know, I've come on here and said mm-hmm. Miles Bridges. I still am for that because he's cheap. He's just a cheap option. You got to eat the press for that, you know. Yeah, you're gonna you're gonna have to take eat the press like how Houston's gonna have to eat the press for a couple months right now too. I feel like somebody's picking up Miles Bridges. Oh, Miles Bridges not gonna go unsigned. Let's make that very clear. Miles Bridges will end up on an NBA roster next year. That's my only. Uh, I'm really looking to make now on draft night. You know, if I'm Weaver, I'm on the phones. I'm taking calls. I'm figuring out if I have any offers I like. I'm not gonna just have my phone on mute and just pick if I'm there on draft night. Depending on where you're picking, though. So, I feel like wherever you're picking, you yeah. Unless it's one B, you're picking up the phone, entertaining. For example, like Boyan on draft night, I feel like you have to call and try to shop him a little bit. That's a guy I'm like looking at on draft night that I'm trying to move. Now, past that, you get the free agency, you got to stay pat. I feel like anything that this team does has to be with trades, I feel like. And then I feel like this offseason, you just go quietly. You see what you have with Cade and Ivy now healthy for an entire season and Duran. Now they're all healthy. Now you get run, right? Now you can figure out who's there and who's not there next year. At deadline, I think that's when you really got to start tearing this thing apart and figuring it out. We know what our core is. We need to know what's past that and what we need to keep. So some guys that I think we have to like at least start keeping an eye on for next season to see if they want to stick around. I think the perfect example is Marvin Bagley. Another example is James Wiseman and Stu. You're going to have to clear that front core out a little bit, I feel like. 
So one of those guys will be an odd man out. Clearly, Dern's not your odd man out. Like you know, Dern's the oh, no way. So that's those are three names that you got to keep an eye on right away. And then Killian Hayes, if we pick up his option, which I am not for at this point, but if you pick up Killian's option, that's another guy you got to look out for at deadline. But if I'm the Pistons, I'm kind of just standing pat and seeing what everybody else does. And then seeing what I have in front of me. Because if Caden Ivy, you saw Ivy down the stretch. He was incredible. If Caden Ivy can play off of each other the way I think they can, they're going to shock some people next year and win a lot of games for no reason. Now, granted, because now you have a new coach, you have a high draft pick, and now on top of that, maybe you bring in some vets in the locker room. Like a guy, fan base is going to hate this. Guy like Harrison Barnes on a cheap contract. Harrison Barnes, two-year deal, good leader. He's won some rings. He goes to the Kings and they make the playoffs for the first time in 17 years. Harrison Barnes is a winning player everywhere he goes. Whether you think he's a good player or not, he has a track record of being a winner. So that's somebody I want in my locker room this offseason. He's a free agent. He's probably not like a $20 million player. He's probably like a two-year, 25-mil player. You're paying them 12, 13, 14 a year. And that's my dream. But I'm curious. Do you think they should just stand pat or do you think they should start tearing this down right now? I think we got to kind of temper our expectations here. Stand pat. Let's see. Let's see what the lottery comes out for us first. If you're picking first, you're in a lot different position than if you dropped like what five? What's the lowest we could drop to? Five. Yeah, five. That's what I thought. Um, yeah, no, you're in a very different position at one. You're in a different position, one to three, even. So I think at this point, the head coaching search is what's the focus right now for this franchise. Wait till the lottery. We see where we end up, and we're one. I think this Fred, like, look at that core, then, if you get Wemby. Like, you fall to three or four, and you're looking to drop off in talent in a massive way. Oh, massive. And you want to know what a massive – you know who has a massive lack of talent? Yeah. Detroit Tigers. Mm-hmm. Yep. Hey, I'm happy with this past week of Tigers baseball. A lot of people are. I saw this stat this morning. It's the past start in the last three years of AJ Hinch here. Yeah. The past two games against the Brewers. Brewers are a competing team. And we played well. One run wins. This is a stat I wanted to bring up. Our bullpen. If this bullpen we've had over the past two years was our bullpen in that 2011 to 2014 era, we win titles. I saw this stat. We have a sub one ERA in our bullpen over like the past week. That's insane. It's we Chris have guys Fetter. like Fetter, yes, but he's been a great addition to the pitching coach. But guys like Angler, Angler looked amazing yesterday, taking those two innings. You know, just great swing and miss, swing and miss pitches. Um, who ended up closing the game for us? Um, Is it Lang? No, Lang didn't come in yesterday. I thought it was. I'm telling you, like, I'm not convinced at all. I mean, they're 9-13. and 13. Oh, I'm not convinced at all, by the way. But I like these signs that show towards a better future for our team. You know, these are signs that we have not seen in a while. Well, Foley ended up getting the save. Foley, okay, that's who it was. Yeah, Jason Foley. You know what? Someone else. You know what's He's been pitching so well. You know what I've really liked so far? Yeah. You know, I was very tough on Scott Harris, which – Rightfully so. Yep, yeah, yep. Yeah. Rightfully so. That's what we saw over the past week. Granted, that trade he made for Gregory Soto, Soto yeah. 
was brilliant. Justin yeah. Henry Malloy. The kid we got. You could be coming up soon. Who? He's on a 16-game hanging streak in AAA right now. Yeah. He's over almost 400 right now. For a guy who I came on here when I started the podcast, every episode screaming about Soto. You remember how much yeah. I hated Gregory Soto. He was my least favorite player on that team. Him and Baez, they're stupid players. Like like I've said, stupid players, you know me. If you, or you, if you play like an idiot, I don't like you. And Gregory Soto always played like an idiot. Low IQ player. So, Burlings came up. He looks decent. Maton, yeah. Maton's a play well. Yeah. He got a hell of a return for that. Yeah. Now, that's not an Alavilla return. So, that's not an Alavilla return. That's a Scott Harris return. If Scott I, is going to make deals like this the next couple seasons, they might not even have to spend a lot of money to start winning games. Yeah, if we can because he's such a trade. good talent evaluator. To bring up yesterday's game, though, that was. Okay, so Turnbull starts, goes four innings, only gives up two runs off three hits, but walks three, gets the early hook. It becomes a bullpen day. Starter only goes four, bullpens to carry the rest, and they did a fine job. They limited a strong Brewers offense, so a couple runs on solo shots, but they did a great job, won the game four to three at the end, and everyone did their part. The bats came alive when they needed to, and, you know, that's winning baseball. They did everything right in that game, and this, like, it's something, I'm not saying it's hope, but it's a, it is hope. It's something to build off for the future. It's not immediate glory, but we have, a, we have something to build off. We have the ability to win close games. We have the ability to shut teams down when our starter can't go six, seven innings. We have a solid team in place now that we're not going to win a lot of games, but I know we talked earlier that you said they won't win 60 games. I agree with you at the time. I don't think I agree with that anymore. I think this team can win 70 games. They win 70, I'll be happy, but I, yeah. Low 70s, but and I, I hope you're 70 this year. They can get to 70. I think you're in a position next year where you can make tiny moves towards winning. You don't go on a shopping spree. I, I mean, that's the dream, but with Chris, well, you know, it's unrealistic. Why not? No salary cap sport. I, I know, but you don't. It's time. It's Chris Illich. We haven't went on a shopping spree for players since the 20, what, 2012 season? 2013. And why would we now with this cheap ass? He hasn't done it yet. He's yes. tried, he tried to with Erod and Javi, and that was the biggest failure ever. It's now or never. It's like if this team this year kind of gets it together, wins between 65 and 75 games, you got to look at that as an owner and say, we have our look at. So next year, think about our roster next year. Mize is back and healthy. Scooball is back and healthy. And you got Manning that can start well. Who knows where Erod will be if he keeps his good performances up. We have multiple options that could be that solid fifth starter. We have a great rotation. It's not like that 2011-2012 rotation, but it's a very strong young rotation. You put some bats in the lineup and think about also Mickey's contract off the books next year. Extra $30 million just to work with for, honestly, dead weight. I love Biggie, but he's dead weight. You knew it was going to end up this way. Yeah. Oh, when those 10 years, I hate those long-term contracts. They never – You had to give it, though. You had to give it at the time. Oh, you know, there was no choice. And, you know, maybe you gave us enough memories. I don't regret it. But we're kind of just paying the price now. And that contract off the books next year, there's a lot more money to work with. If you're, if you're Chris Illich, you have a solid rotation – Get a couple bats, get maybe one more star pitcher. You're competing. 
you're like, I think you're saying ah man Torkelson is just a boss. Well, that's Torkelson's Torkelson. a boss. Riley Green's not playing great baseball to start of the year. So I'll pitch you this scenario. Javi Baez, Riley Green, and Torkelson kind of get it together this year and start playing up to what we paid for where we drafted them. You're Chris Ellich. What what's your big move in the in the offseason? You got a solid first baseman. You sign a third uh, base stud. Third base, okay. And you get and you go out there and you get a left fielder to replace um, Beerling or Badu. Yeah, yeah, Badu, <laughs> DFA Badu and Scope already. They're they're awful. I'm still holding my breath on Dylan Dingler, but he's not been the prospect he once was yeah. lately. Oh, I, catcher's a very important position. I'm still pissed they didn't get Wilson Contreras a few years back. That is the biggest fucking mistake of Vila. No, it wasn't. He made fucking 50. Yeah, I was saying he made way more mistakes than. Well, that than was that. one of the bigger ones that he made was he wanted Contreras and then didn't even offer him. What? Yeah. A, oh my God. That era was so bad. I don't think we're going to see. Infuriating. I don't think we're going to see all the effects of that era for another six years. It's those trades. It's the Verland trade. It's who is the last few prospects that Jake Rogers? Is he one of the last ones still competing for us? Like, He's not even anything. I mean, he's not worth Verlander. He's on the like. He's one of the few from that trade that's actually on the field in 2023. Avila's trades he made over his time here. That's what killed us. And we're going to see those players he traded away just kill it in the league for maybe another five, ten years. Some of them five, ten years. What, like what? What? What gets me so pissed to this day about that era was in 2019. When he got the undisclosed extension for losing 110 games every year and losing every trade, and Crystal sat there at his desk and said, Well, <sighs> finish off this rebuild. When We're we unserious. That was the worst. It, that was as bad as Matt Millen getting his extension with the Lions. Yeah. But Jad, like, we're way over time. So, oh, yeah. One up. Thanks for hopping on again. You were great again today. Thank you, sir. And I'll be back tomorrow with more draft talks. So I'll see you guys then.